It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. I'm recording today's episode in the final weekend of November. It's Saturday, November 26th. Yesterday was Black Friday. The day before was Thanksgiving. And I was going to record this episode on Wednesday. And Wednesday was so interesting because it felt like a Friday to me because it was like the day before this national holiday. And I just completely lost focus and energy. And I just thought, I deserve, (laughs) I deserve to not do any work the rest of the day because who else is working at this point? I think I had my final work-related thing. I don't even remember what that was. I had a podcast episode I think I recorded with a guest and just felt like important to give myself permission, but I also just forgot to record the podcast. (laughs) It was yesterday. I was lying in bed feeling completely drained from Thanksgiving and really trying to give myself permission to lay around and do nothing. And all of a sudden it hit me, oh my gosh, I haven't recorded this week's podcast. And I felt this sense of dread and frustration, like, oh my gosh, why did I do this to myself? If I had just recorded the episode on Wednesday, like I was supposed to, then I could really rest. I was having trouble resting yesterday on a day where most people in the United States at least are not working. And that can sometimes feel frustrating about the way my life is set up. The downside of working for yourself, of making your own hours is that you might work on a day where other people aren't working. Now, of course, plenty of people work on those holidays in various fields. It's not like you're the only one, but sometimes it can feel that way. And I was trying to push myself to record, but yesterday I was having a really, really low mood day, like one of the lowest I've had in a while. And one thing I've been trying to do, as I've mentioned recently, is track my mood, my energy, various health metrics through this app called Bearable, which you can have a free version of it. There's a paid version of it. I use the free version. I really just enjoy it. The way it's set up works really well for me and my brain. It's very detailed and it's just cool. I'm not sponsored by them. I always, it's so funny how it feels like as a content creator, you should disclose when you're sponsored as well as when you're not sponsored. Like if you speak too highly about something, you want to help people understand, like I'm not saying this because I was paid to. (laughs) I don't have any sort of relationship with Bearable, at least not yet. Anyways, I track my mood so much. So it's made me incredibly self-aware of how I'm feeling and what might have caused it. Yesterday, though, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I wondered if it had something to do with my cycle, my female menstrual cycle. It's possible that's what it was because it came on in this unexpected way. This like 
wave. And it felt really confusing. I felt really sad. I I remember thinking to myself, I don't think I'm feeling depressed, but I feel like what I used to think depression was before I started studying it, before I started talking to, to other people about it. Is this the word that people use when they say they're depressed? I didn't feel anxious. I felt very low energy and I felt like these like pulsations of sadness. Maybe that's what I'll use for the name of this episode. (laughs) I've released now over 400 episodes of this show. It's hard to write titles. (laughs) Like, what am I going to call this one? What am I even going to talk about? This is part of what I was feeling yesterday. Once I had this wave of panic, because by the way, recording today on a Saturday is late. This episode is supposed to come out on a Monday of the following week. And I'm late to get this to the editor, which means I risk this episode not coming out on time. And so yesterday I'm like feeling all this panic, all this pressure, all this stress, like having to do something important, but not having the mental fortitude to do it. So I decided to just wait it out. I decided to just let that pulsations of sadness come through me, feel them, notice them, but not try to fix them not try to bypass them, not try to work through them. And that's been just such a big theme in my life lately is not trying to force things. Another note for this episode, not trying to force things. It's really hard because there's so much pressure. And the more I, I understand capitalism, the more I wonder, is it just a capitalistic pressure of convincing us that our worthiness is based on our productivity, which is a subject matter I've covered a number of times. A previous guest was Celeste Headley, who wrote Do Nothing. And another book I've referenced, I believe, I've definitely talked about Devin Price, an author who I really admire for writing the books, Laziness Does Not Exist and Unmasking Autism. And there's so much crossover between them. At the very beginning of Laziness Does Not Exist, Devin Price says, doing everything society has taught us we have to do if we want to be virtuous and deserving of respect. And that was a big thing for me. I think it's a big thing for a lot of people. In fact, somewhere further down in my notes, there's a whole section of this that really hit home. Oh my gosh, there's so much. I just want to read a bunch of quotes from this book because... I want to share them with you, but I also want to hear them out loud. The next quote I have in my highlights is, most of us spend the majority of our days feeling tired, overwhelmed, and disappointed in ourselves, certain we've come up short. No matter how much we've accomplished or how hard we've worked, we've never feel like we've done enough to feel satisfied or at peace. And it's interesting, reading out loud... I wouldn't say I fully agree with that because most days I don't feel tired, overwhelmed, and disappointed in myself. I mean, through tracking my mood and my energy every day for the last, ooh, gosh, how long has it been now? I think probably going on two months that I've been trying to do that every day. Most of that's motivated by me trying to figure out my sleep issues because Bearable also has a sleep tracking function in it. It's just because everything's there, it's easy to track these other things. So I don't generally feel tired. Yesterday I did. And I wondered, am I tired because I'm socially burnt out from 
Thanksgiving and the socializing. I went to a kind of extended family member's home that was about two hours away from me. And there were, I think, 18 of us total, which is unusual for me. I don't usually spend that much time in the same space with that many people for extended periods of time these days. But it felt like something I was ready to do this year. And that felt really good. And because I've been learning so much about neurodivergence, I was able to tune into myself. I brought something to fiddle with. I think I might have just brought a rock (laughs) of a couple like stones that I'll put in my pocket so I can fiddle around with it. One thing I've really been wanting to get is on my list for a Christmas gift. So I haven't bought one yet, but they make these acupressure rings. I'll link to them in the show notes of this episode at wellevator.com if you want to check that out, as well as Devin Price's books. I'll make sure are in there. So I like to bring at least one thing to fiddle with. It really helps me when I'm feeling overwhelmed or overstimulated. And I also brought my loop earplugs. I mentioned before, I got them right before I went to Costa Rica this year. I've been wearing them off and on. I find I haven't quite figured out how to use them properly, meaning the pair that I got are right here for the YouTube version. Let's do a little show and tell. This is the Experience Pro. I think they're the higher end version, which are really not that expensive. I think these are $35. And they combine an acoustic channel filter and membrane to reduce noise without distorting it. And maybe I didn't buy the right pair. I don't know, but they come with like all these different adjustments that you can put in them. And I don't fully know how to use them. Anyways, I'm trying to figure out how I'm feeling. Today, I went to the Los Angeles Auto Show, which I've been going to. I think this might have been my 10th time in a row. I think I've been every year except for 2020. So maybe it was only my ninth time. Anyways, I brought my earplugs with me there too, just to see like, do I feel overstimulated? And I don't think I did. But that's part of what's tricky and is going to tie back around to the big themes here about not trying to force things is that I also don't want to force myself to put in earplugs because I don't know if that's what I needed. But just like I am with food, for those that don't know, I have intense food sensitivities, maybe even allergies. I'm actually going to see an allergist soon to check to do another round of allergy testing because my food challenges have become so frustrating. And part of them is that I'll eat something and won't know until like a day or two later that that thing disrupted my body and my symptoms come up. And it's just like so much. Another thing for me to track. I'm trying to pay attention to how I feel with certain foods. It's just a lot, you know, like constantly paying attention to yourself. That self-awareness is so important, but it can also be incredibly draining. And Sometimes I just want to be. I don't want to overanalyze. I don't want to bring all this stuff with me constantly. This is tricky. I mean, for me, the neurodivergence side of all of this makes it especially complicated because I wonder like how much of my life I've gone without accommodations because I didn't even know I needed them. And when I read books like Laziness Does Not Exist, I wonder how much of this is the capitalism, as I mentioned, the societal pressure, how much of this is neurodivergence versus neurotypical, like all of these things to just kind of 
figure out. It just feels so much. So when I'm talking about feeling tired, there's like the difference between a physical tiredness and the emotional tiredness in terms of feeling overwhelmed. I think I do feel overwhelmed quite a lot. I definitely feel a good amount of overstimulation, although I'm working on being more aware of that. And then when Devin Price said, disappointed in ourselves, that's something I don't feel that much. I don't think I've come up short, but a lot of people feel that way. That's why it felt important to share that. What I do struggle with a lot recently is when I'm trying not to force things, I'm trying to just allow myself to be. It's scary because I wonder if me at my pure, natural, unforced state is considered good enough. I know on some deep level that it is. I know that I am inherently worthy. I spend so much time understanding that. It makes complete sense on a logical level. My deeper fears is that other people don't perceive me to be good enough. For example, and this might be what's contributing to what I was feeling yesterday, that really low mood. I wonder, is that because I socialized the day before? Probably. But was the socializing overstimulating? Probably. And or was it that I was so acutely aware of how other people were perceiving me, especially other women? Men, I generally feel at ease with. I always kind of have. And that's kind of interesting to think about. Like when I was younger, even before I started feeling attracted to men or thinking about sexuality, like I remember like taking pride in boys wanting to play with me at the playground. In hindsight, is that because I was a girl? Were they attracted to me? Like, was there some sort of chemical or like, did we just get along? I felt like I just got along with guys. I'm someone that generally has male friends. But then again, it's tricky, the gender dynamics, and it feels complex. So at this party on Thanksgiving, I found myself feeling so insecure about my appearance. One is that I still feel insecure about my gray hair coming in, even though I'm really trying to embrace it, not trying to force it. It just feels like society in general does not accept women with gray hair. There was even an incident of this maybe a few months ago that I think a female news anchor was like fired or got in trouble for letting her gray hair come through or something. And I just thought, wow. I mean, I could go on and on about, <laughs> about gray hair. I just, it's so bizarre. Like, who cares? Why do we care so much? There's so much pressure to not show your age. And yet, none of us can help it. None of us can prevent ourselves from aging. We're literally always aging. Our entire lives, we're aging. And yet, our society has this obsession with hiding our age and rewarding people that look young. It's so strange. It drives me nuts because I don't want to hide that masking, you know, and I wonder if this is all tied together that I am repelled by masking. Maybe that's because I'm just so tired of wearing a mask, so tired of trying to people please and that forcing feeling, but it's terrifying because it doesn't feel as simple as just not forcing it. It doesn't feel as simple as just removing the mask and not trying so hard because people are constantly being rewarded for trying hard. This actually came up, oddly enough, 
in this post I saw on TikTok. I'm going to try to find it to link in the show notes. It was actually a news anchor of some sort, and she was talking about aging celebrities and how she felt like certain older women, like I think 50 and up, were being celebrated for how good they looked at their age. And yet she was saying how these women, it's their job to look good. So the media is pushing this idea of like, wow, look how good you could look at age 50 or whatever they are. But that's not really fair because if it for the average person, it's not our jobs to look good. Or is it? I mean, I guess that's part of the conversation. This is probably why it's so hard for me is I spent all those years as a social media influencer. Maybe I'm still considered one because I'm a content creator. I don't know. I don't align with the term influencer. But as a podcaster, certainly I'm influencing in some way or another. You know, <laughs> like that's just how this works. And is it my job to look good? I don't think so. I don't want it to be my job to look good because I don't enjoy forcing myself to look good. Right now, you might not be looking at me because I'm really behind in posting my YouTube videos. And even then with that, I think, am I resisting posting the YouTube videos? Because I don't like the way I look in most of my recordings. This goes back to the Thanksgiving thing, I promise. (laughs) They're very connected where... When I sit down to record a podcast episode, I do not want to go and spend any more than a minute getting ready. I generally will check my hair and my hair is almost always tied back in a ponytail or up in a bun in a messy one. Usually not brushed. Probably I haven't washed my hair in at least a few days, so it might be a a little greasy. I get a little self-conscious about my gray hairs. I get a little self-conscious around, first of all, my face. I've really been struggling with my body weight. I feel like I just feel inflamed or puffy or something. So my face shape, I feel like I can barely even look in the mirror. I don't want to look at pictures of myself. I feel so self-conscious and terrified that people are judging me because my face shape looks different. I don't even know if my face shape looks different. I just don't like the way it looks, but I also don't want to spend 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes trying to manipulate the way my face looks. It just feels pretend. That is a mask. Even though <laughs> like, I'll buy makeup, I'll have makeup around to use a few times a year. I'm not anti-makeup. I just don't want to fake my appearance. It just doesn't align with me. And my energy feels so precious. The time feels so precious that any time and energy I put towards putting on a mask to try to make sure that I'm physically pleasing to the eye is so unpleasant to me. And going back to the Thanksgiving party, interestingly enough, I'm often concerned with how other women perceive me. But people have pointed out how that is filtered through the male gaze which is women feeling all this pressure to upheld a beauty standard. And so there's when I'm around other women who are wearing makeup, doing their hair, wearing nice clothing, I feel so uncomfortable because I generally don't want to do those things. And I'm constantly wondering, are they noticing my gray hairs? Are they noticing the wrinkles, the natural wrinkles on my face? Do they notice that I... 
am either heavier or inflamed or like, do they see my body? And then I don't even know, am I uncomfortable with my body because of what they think? Or am I uncomfortable with my body because of what I think? And they're definitely interconnected. So it just feels so confusing. And thus, is that why I was so tired on Friday? Because I spent hours thinking about my appearance at this party where I was with extended family and with people that are supposed to just love and appreciate me as I am. And I don't even know if any of them had any of these thoughts about me. There's no way of knowing. Even if they said something, which I don't recall them doing, sometimes people say things that they don't even really mean. So it's like all of that mental energy I spent thinking about what I was wearing, how my hair looked. I mean, I also got up early, like I had to leave for Thanksgiving super early in the morning. So I had to get up an hour and a half before then. And I took a shower and blow dried my hair and put on makeup and picked out two different outfits, one to be comfortable with, but like comfortable, but still look good. And one to like look nice for the dinner in case everybody was dressed up. Like all this stuff, I can't stand that. But yet I care enough to do it. And then I wonder, was that just one big mask? And yet the mask still didn't feel good enough. Is that what causes me, and maybe yourself too, maybe you can relate to this, is that what causes some of this exhaustion and overwhelm that so many of us feel? (laughs) Going back to laziness does not exist, Evan Price says, through all the burnout, stress-related illnesses, and sleep-deprived weeks we endure, we remained convinced that having limitations makes us lazy and that laziness is always a bad thing. Oh, this goes back to that TikTok video and the news anchor saying that the celebrities that, quote, look good for their age, that's their job to look good. And they have the money, resources, et cetera, to look that good. And the average person does not. So it's not really fair to say, hey, look how great so-and-so is. And in the comment section of that TikTok video, there was this one woman that I follow. And I started following her because she has fully gray hair and she owns it. She's one of those women with the perfect shade of gray and her hair is all styled and she's wearing cool clothes and she just seems so cool and confident. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, that's why I'm going to grow out my gray hair. I want to look like that. But you know what? I probably will never look like that, or at least not regularly, because I'm not going to style my hair even when it goes fully gray. I never have liked styling my hair. What's going to change? Or will I start styling my hair because I feel that self-conscious that I have to try to prove? Will styling my hair become a mask? You know? (laughs) Will I start wearing different clothes as a mask? Anyways, that woman commented something that really bothered me. And it was something about people not putting in the work. And it reminded me of that Kim Kardashian quote you might have heard of nobody wants to work these days. And Kim Kardashian's buying into this laziness lie, as Devin Price says. And then this woman, I don't even remember her name on TikTok, the gray-haired woman who I thought was so empowering, no longer feels that way to me because she's buying into the laziness lie. Oh, well, you have to be willing to do the work if you want to look like these celebrities. And I thought, really? You're going to say that? This news anchor is trying to point out 
how we can't idolize these celebrities without realizing how different they are from us. We fall into the comparison trap. It's not that we're lazy. It's not that we don't want to do the work. What if it is that we don't want to do the work? Like me, I just don't want to do the work. That doesn't make me lazy. That just means I don't want to do those things. And that's okay. I shouldn't be punished because I don't want to style my hair. I shouldn't be punished because I don't want to dye my hair, get Botox right now. I don't want to do crazy things to lose weight. Even though I'm uncomfortable with my body, I'm actually trying to accept my body as it is and break my old pattern, which would be to restrict my eating. Something else that got pointed out to me recently is how once you have an eating disorder, your recovery for life, it's a lot like an addiction. I don't know if that's scientifically true. I think this was a woman with her experience of an eating disorder. And that hit home because for as long as I can remember, had some sort of disordered relationship with food. And I'm realizing more how common that is and how common it is for my knee-jerk reaction to be, oh, I feel uncomfortable in my body. Guess it's time to lose weight. What I'm experimenting with right now is not doing that because losing weight, controlling my body, that also feels like a mask. If I am trying not to force things, I shouldn't be trying to force my body to lose weight. What if I can just enjoy food? What if I can accept the discomfort? I mean, this might get uncomfortable, right? Like I do feel uncomfortable in my body a lot of times. Today was an exception, actually. I'm wearing this new used shirt I got from a secondhand store that I really like. I love the color of it. I love the feeling of the fabric. I love the way it fits on my body. I'm wearing my favorite pants, which I bought brand new because I was actually feeling, quote, lazy, but really just exhausted and yet knew I needed some new pants. And I went to the mall a few months ago in Massachusetts and just said, I'm not going to even bother trying to find secondhand clothes. I'm just going to go buy them new because that feels easier for me. I felt so good. (laughs) That's unusual for me from an environmental standpoint. And financially, buying used is so much more in alignment with those two sides of me. But I decided that spending the money was worth the lower amount of time and energy it took to buy new. And I got these pants that I'm obsessed with. They're from the brand Athleta. And I hesitate because I don't even know if that's a fully ethical company. And that's what sucks about buying new from big brands is just thinking, wow, I'm participating in the capitalistic stuff that I feel so against in so many ways. But it's hard to avoid. It's hard to be perfectly in alignment all the time when you're also trying to balance your mental health. And for me, my mental health benefited from buying new because not only did I save time and energy compared to trying to go find the perfect pair of pants secondhand, but also I love these pants so much that I feel so confident when I wear them. They're so comfortable. I think they look really cool. They fit me perfectly they have pockets. I mean, like, (laughs) I want to go buy another pair of them. I love them that much. And I'll try to find them and link to them if you want to check them out. It's a lot to reflect on. I'm going to read a few more quotes from laziness does not exist. There's a lot of things in here, as I mentioned, I don't fully identify with anymore. For example, like feeling guilty for not using my time in more productive ways. I don't think I feel that because I've been working so hard on not feeling that. However, there are many points 
in the book about how working hard and doing a lot was how you ensure yourself a bright future. This came up also in Celeste's work in the book, Do Nothing, which really opened my eyes to everything here. I mean, there's a lot of correlation. There's also another great book on this same note that's worth mentioning called How to Keep House While Drowning, A Gentle Approach to Cleaning and Organizing by Casey Davis. Phenomenal read, truly. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed and unproductive and feeling guilt and the pressure, especially when it comes to tidying your home, that book is a must read. There's so much that overlaps between all of them. And I'm going to put all of these books that I'm referencing in the show notes for you. Again, that's at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Devin Price, ooh, I love this quote here. Devin Price said, it was time to re-enter the world and find a new way to live that wouldn't destroy my body the way my old life did. Ooh, that's exactly what I've been talking about most of this episode, right? I'm trying to re-enter, especially now that I'm in this unmasking process, trying to find that new way to live because I don't want my body to suffer in the way that I have so much. And I think many people relate to this. Devin says, when we feel unmotivated, directionless, or, quote, lazy, it's because our bodies and minds are screaming for some peace and quiet. When we learn to listen to those persistent feelings of tiredness and to honor them, we can finally begin to heal. That's what I did yesterday, even though it was tough for me because I did feel some of that judgment and pressure. I didn't want to wait today because I knew that if I recorded my episode today, that it would be late. But I'm willing for something to be late. That's part of honoring myself. Because if I had pushed through what I was feeling yesterday just to do something for somebody else's timeline, that's actually pushing me in the other direction. Devin says we can cease tying our self-image to how many items we check off our to-do list. It's not evil to have limitations and to need breaks. Feeling tired or unmotivated is not a threat to our self-worth. Tired, burnt out people aren't struggling with some shameful, evil inner laziness. Rather, they're struggling to survive in an overly demanding, workaholic culture that berates people for having basic needs. Ooh, it's big. There's so much in here. There's a lot about our high standards, whether or not those come from our culture or society, all this messaging, the media. Our culture has convinced us that success requires nothing more than willpower, that pushing ourselves to the point of collapse is morally superior to taking it easy. We've been taught that any limitation is a sign of laziness and therefore undeserving of love or comfort. This is the laziness lie, and it's all around us, making us judgmental, stressed, and overextended, all while convincing us that we're actually doing too little. The laziness lie is a belief system that says hard work is morally superior to relaxation, that people who aren't productive have less innate value than productive people. Many of us live in a constant state of stress about our financial and professional future, which means feeling a ton of anxiety about how much we're working. We've had to trade our health for our financial or professional well-being, choosing between getting adequate time for rest, exercise, and socializing, and logging enough hours to get by. The only way to overcome our selfish, sluggish instincts 
is to never listen to our bodies. The rise of social media and digital work tools has only made these pressures harder to escape. We're inundated with stories that praise diligence and individualism. Some of today's most popular celebrities promote the idea of themselves as, quote, self-made entrepreneurs rather than extremely privileged and fortunate tycoons. Their obscene levels of wealth are always attributed to their effort, not good luck. Social media has democratized who gets to be famous and successful to an extent. When massively successful stars attribute their good fortune entirely to how diligently they've worked, they set people up to have unrealistic expectations about the odds of success. Our media has a selection bias built into it. We rarely get to hear from the people who worked equally hard but failed or lost everything because of it. Bo Burnham describes this phenomenon very well. He says, Don't take advice from guys like me who've gotten very lucky. Taylor Swift telling you to follow your dreams is like a lottery winner saying, liquidize your assets, buy Powerball tickets, it works. Our media rarely shows people setting limits, asking for help, or devoting their lives to the things that make them feel happy and safe. And that's exactly why I talk about this. I am setting limits for myself. I'm not afraid to ask for help. In fact, I've talked about recently how incredibly helpful it was to study well-being so that I could become a well-being coach and give help to people like yourself. It's been incredibly helpful to start working with a therapist who's just brought me so much in just a few months of doing that work together. Looking for help with the guests that I bring on the show, looking for help in other elements of the medical system. I'm in like... (laughs) such a big stage of that. I mean, I've gone to the doctor more in the last few years than I have probably my entire life, mostly because I'm starting to ask for help, starting to say, hey, I'm having sleep problems. I'm not going to ignore these. Hey, I might need an allergy test because I don't get what's going on with my food issues. I'm just digging deeper and deeper into it. And I hope that gives at least a few people the insight that this is not a self-made thing. It's such the opposite. (laughs) I really hope that I never accidentally call myself self-made because it's not true. Even having you as a listener of this show contributes to making it. Without you, it would be meaningless. I guess I enjoy talking to myself (laughs) to an extent because you have to. the way podcasting works, but without you, it just wouldn't be quite the same. And I am trying now to devote my life to things that make me feel happy and safe. I love that word safe. It's really become important to me. And recognizing what doesn't make me feel happy or safe. Sometimes it's a fine line because I don't feel happy dyeing my hair, but yet I feel uncomfortable with the fact that I have gray hair because I'm afraid of what other people perceive me as. So I think that's where I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't feel happy restricting my food because I already have food restrictions. My food sensitivities make it hard enough. I don't want to restrict everything and be on some crazy diet all the time. And actually, I want to rephrase that. I'm trying to use the word crazy less because from a mental health standpoint, it's actually very offensive. So I'm trying to raise my self-awareness about the words that I use, whether it's should or crazy. It's a process. When I say crazy diet, what I mean is overly restrictive diet. And I've done it. I wrote a whole cookbook on the vegan keto diet, which has 
Well, I guess maybe not as restrictive as something like the fruitarian way of eating. But I found abundance in that. I don't even see keto as that restrictive. It's just, it's hard. It's hard for me. I'm not currently eating keto and I keep thinking about it. But I wonder sometimes, like when I feel extra drawn to keto, I think about how my body looked when I was on a strict keto diet and how I've naturally moved away from it. And that to me is showing that it's not the right fit. If it was the right fit, I probably wouldn't have moved away from it. So now I'm really trying to lean into what foods make me feel happy and safe. And potatoes are one of those things. <laughs> you know, I'm not a huge sugar and carb lover. Like some people are very prideful in loving carbs. I would not say that I'm one of them. I find rice comforting, but I don't need it all the time. I don't love rice, but I do enjoy having it. It actually felt a little bit sad to me when I was strict keto and was not eating rice ever. Same thing with potatoes. I love potatoes. So it's finding that balance to feel that happiness and safety and being transparent about it. And that's my commitment on this show, my commitment to you. Just going back to this line, our media rarely shows people setting limits, asking for help, or devoting their lives to the things that make them feel happy and safe. And that's tying back into why I don't want to force things. Even the devotion might even be too strong of a word because it's okay to pulse through it all. Just like I was pulsing through the sadness yesterday, it's okay to pulse through the happiness and the safety. There are plenty of times where I don't feel happy and I don't feel safe. Didn't feel safe on Thanksgiving. It was likely in my own head. I have safety and trust issues and fears around how people perceive me. But I did feel happiness around those people at the same time. So sometimes it's in conflict. And that's all part of this discomfort and embracing that and sharing it along the way. And that's where I am today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this journey. Appreciate your presence. I'll be back on Friday with special guests. Oh my gosh, you are in for such a treat if the next episode you listen to is the one with Heidi Hazen. It's really one of my favorite guest episodes. I hesitate to say that because I record with so many amazing people, but Heidi and I just were on some level, mostly me just admiring her. She's so fascinating. I found her so comforting. So I was in that element of happiness and safety with her. And it really ties into today's episode. So stick around if you would like to hear it. Subscribe to the show or check back in. I have all the show notes for you if you want to reference that episode plus past episodes. It's all at wellevator.com for you. W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And wishing you all the very best with your journey towards finding happiness and safety and doing that on your own terms. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.